Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. With me as always, oh, I am your host, Matt. I always forget to do that. And I am on the road at my parents' house. And so we are going to be doing something different than what we said we were going to do. But anyways, let me introduce my co-host from Intercourse, Pennsylvania, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. So, Mike, we are doing things a little different than what we said we were going to do last week. We are still going to review Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I have already seen it twice. It is a delightful film. Um, we're still going to review Welcome to Marwin. I've already seen that one as well. But I am on the road. My internet connection is not the best. And having a quiet home is next to impossible at my parents' house when there's 12 of us. Ah, man, that's a lot of people. So, Mike, today for Christmas, we're only going to be doing one episode this week. We will come back probably next week and do those two movies we just mentioned. That sound good? Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, Mike, I will let you introduce it, and I don't know if you have a quote. I'm sure you have one sitting on top of your head, but, Mike, this is probably, if not your most favorite film of all time, it's damn close. Mike, go ahead and tell us what movie we're going to be talking about, and go ahead and give us the rundown and everything. All right, so we're going to be talking about one of my favorite Christmas movies of, of all time, and that's 1988's Die Hard. Um, it's directed by John McTiernan. Uh, writers are Roderick Thorpe, Jeb Stewart, and Stephen E. Souza. It's starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia, uh, Reginald uh, Vell Johnson, uh, Paul Gleason, and this is about uh, Officer John McClane of the NYPD, tries to save his wife, Holly Gennaro, and several others that were taken hostage by German terrorist Hans Gruber during a Christmas party at the Nokotami, Nakatami Plaza in Los Angeles. Um, Nakatomi. Nakatomi. But close enough. Yeah, Nak- Nakatomi. Oh, yeah. I should, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, 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 there's a lot of controversy with this movie. Uh, especially lately, Matt, didn't you say somebody had a, a thing saying that this was not a Christmas movie? Although it's, it's in Christmas time, there's nothing Christmassy about it. There's no gifts exchange or, or any of that. We discussed it a few episodes ago. I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but it was a, uh, you know, a handful of episodes a while back. But there was a poll recently put out requesting listeners and viewers of uh, this particular site if Die Hard is or is not a Christmas movie. And overwhelmingly, it was voted not a Christmas movie, which is bullshit. Uh, if you want to listen to my argument, you can listen to my argument a few episodes ago. But basically, one of the arguments that one of the hosts was talking about in said podcast I was listening to is that this movie can take place at any time. Christmas is just a side kind of, uh, uh, not story, but kind of a, um, oh, what am I trying to say? 
like uh, a side premise, I guess you would say. It's not a main factor in the story where like, say, Elf, Elf is 100% about Christmas. There's Santa Claus and all that. And if it was not a Christmas movie, it wouldn't exist. Whereas Die Hard could could just be a regular office party. Oh, and yeah. I personally argue against that. As I was pointing out in the again in a few podcasts ago, Bruce Willis is going to LA from New York to visit his recently separated wife and the office paid for him to fly out there and they paid for him to be in a limo and all these other things. And I think if it was just a regular office party, I don't think they would have done all that. And I don't think Bruce Willis would have had a reason to go out there. So that's my argument is because it's Christmas, he was more inclined to go out to L.A. because he wanted to see his kids. He wanted to try and fix things with his wife. Could he do it at any other time? Sure. But being a New York City cop, that's one of the few times where he can be like, okay, I want to take the time off and I think I probably should go and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, even if you work all the time, it's usually accepted that you can take off at least Christmas Day. Right, Matt? Uh, yes, at least the day. Just, just the day. Just the day. But, so, I wholeheartedly feel that this is a Christmas movie. It's Christmas themed throughout. Some of the things that happen in it are a whole lot of fun in the Christmas aspect, uh, without spoiling it too much. Um, there's lots of Christmas elements, you know, so I don't know. I feel that it is a Christmas movie. Now, is it as strong of a Christmas movie as Elf? No, but a lot of people do relate this hardcore badass action movie to Christmas, and I agree. I think it should be. Yeah. What do yeah. you? Th- what do you think, Mike? I agree. This is a Christmas movie. Now, <laughs> is it a Christmas movie like Home Alone or Elf? No, but I think it's just a different kind of Christmas movie. This is our action hero Christmas movie that, for for the most part, there is no action hero Christmas movie except for maybe the, there's that, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one where he's trying to get the toy. Do you know what that, uh, I can't. Yeah, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Jingle All the Way. Um, but that's not, I don't know. It was, it's, I don't, it's not I don't that great of a movie. I talk about that movie. Yeah, yeah that movie was bad. It's not a good movie. <laughs> it was real bad, Mike. It was real bad. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I, I think this is the the anti Christmas movie kind of Christmas movie. I don't know. Uh, that's why I I think that's why a lot of people like it now. Um, I don't know. I I really like this movie. And the, and the second one is also a Christmas movie because it takes place in the same time. Just yep. uh, it, it a different uh, it. I think it's uh, in DC. I think is where they're at, or I'm not trying. Uh, I don't know where it took place, but I do know it's at an airport. So yeah. it might have been like Virginia. I don't think it was New York. Um, yeah, I think I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be DC. I think, hmm. but anyway, yeah, it wasn't until the third one that they got away from the Christmas uh, time period. Yeah, and the third one, I, I know you're going to yell at me for this, but the third one out of the whole Die Hard series is probably my favorite. I really, really love that third Die Hard film. Well, the third one is really good in different ways, and that was the first time I remember seeing Sam Samuel L. Jackson and he being more of a starring role. 
And then shortly after that, he was in this movie called Pulp Fiction. Hmm. So, that one kind of rings a bell. So, yeah. Uh, and then I, <laughs> I didn't realize he was in all, he's been in all kinds of movies. Man, Sam L. Jackson's had quite the career. He's been in everything. He's amazing. I like Sam Jackson. He's awesome. Yeah, no, he's he's been in all kinds of things. But, um, yeah, uh, back to Christmas and this movie. Well, well, what do you think about Die Hard, Mike? We haven't talked about that. I know you absolutely freaking love it, so I guess we could just leave it at that. Uh, you know, what do I think about Die Hard? I I just well, I yeah, love. Yeah, we we are reviewing this movie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, are you getting Christmas brain? Yeah, no, I I think we should uh, definitely. I would I would recommend that you see this movie, and since this is a uh, you know an older movie, I would you can stream it or buy it or whatever. I don't think it's on any of the streaming service currently. Um, well, that I, I know think of. it's is it IFC or is it AMC that has the rights to it right now, and they are doing a twenty four hours of Die Hard marathon on Christmas Day, much like what they do with the Christmas Story. But it's hosted by those of you who remember him, most likely probably from Urkel. But uh, Reginald Vell Johnson is actually hosting the 24-hour marathon of Die Hard, and it is going to be awesome. Oh, man. So that starts tomorrow? I mean, I'm, I better not go well, to bed technically, tonight. Yeah, technically midnight tonight, I think, because it's 24 hours. So it probably starts at midnight tonight and goes till midnight on Christmas. Well, I guess I'm going to see Santa Claus tonight because I'm going to be up all night. But, dude, that is so awesome that they got him to host it. But, I, I, you know, me being a kid growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch Die Hard until later on. And so when I saw uh, Reginald Vell Johnson in Die Hard, I was like, oh, it's the father from uh, Urkel. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad he got other work. But actually, he was a cop in Die Hard before Urkel. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how I knew him, too. I didn't see this movie in the theater. Um, I actually, I don't remember exactly where we were, but uh, I was on a family vacation, and this came on HBO, and we watched it. So uh, I might it might have been like 89 or, or 90. I don't know how long it took to get to HBO back then. But, yeah, I watched this with, um, with my parents <laughs> on HBO in a hotel room somewhere. Well, let's see. 1988, I would have been seven years old. And you would have been six. Uh, yes, but it, I, I didn't see it then. I saw it a little bit later on HBO at some time. I don't know if it was right when it was released on to HBO. You know how they have the windows or whatever? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, w- I was just saying, you know, it. Uh, we would have been way too young to go see it in the theaters. Yeah. But again, you know... Uh, I don't know if you went with me or not, but we, I've touched on it in the past before. But my first rated R movie in a theater was uh, Terminator 2 at R&M Cinema. And that was 1992 when Terminator 2 came out. Oh, man. Yeah, what a good... I think it was, I think it was 92. Yeah. Or was it 95? No, no, I think it's 92. What a good one to go 92. see. Yeah, yeah, what a good one to go see. Yeah, that was my first one, man. That was that was fantastic. That was a lot of, a lot of fun. Intense. Loved it. Yeah. But anyways, 
Back to Die Hard, Mike. So you love Die Hard with a passion. Yes, I do love Die Hard with a passion. Uh, I like the acting. Um, it is kind of just Bruce Willis running around a lot and, and kind of fighting guys and some kind of, uh, I guess, 80-esque um, one-line phrases that are really funny throughout, like... Um, the terrorist, uh, Hans Gruber always calls him the cowboy and all this stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a fun movie. It's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of just action and, um, some of the stuff where they like blow up like this SWAT tank thing, like was pretty incredible. The like hacking open the safe stuff, like. The the one guy like man spoilers Mike spoilers God uh, yeah well <laughs> all right I guess it doesn't matter if we spoil it or not it is from 1988 and you probably should have seen it by now yeah but ah such such a fun movie man such a fun movie um they sure don't make movies like this anymore for the most part I don't know just kind of crazy action and good good. Good characters. I don't know. I guess they well, do a, I, a little bit, but not as much as I feel like they did, they used to. Well, and they get a, they got away with a hell of a lot more back in the eighties than they do now. You know, there's a little bit of brief nudity here and there in it, and there's um, a lot more blood, guts, and gore. I guess you would say, and yeah, it's silly looking because it is the eighties, but there was a lot of it, and there was a lot more maiming. And really just vicious ways to kill people. And yeah. nowadays, you know, you see a lot of that, but it's most of that you see in like horror movies or shock factor kind of stuff. It's not, you know, I don't know. It's just different today. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was that Die Hard remake. W- what was it called again, Mike? Starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson that you absolutely loved? Oh, the 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 latter one? The, oh, gosh. Um you mean skyscraper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. That was not good. Like, I like The Rock or Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I feel like he's just doing so- too many things. Like, sometimes he does, he has some good ones. Like, Jumanji was surprisingly good, and some other ones that he's done have been great. It's just, I don't know. I feel like he just does everything. He does every movie that they throw at him. But Skyscraper was just so bad, dude, especially in comparison to this movie. It was written bad. A lot of the effects and things were cool, but the plot was just awful. It was just awful. And it was a direct ripoff of Die Hard, and it was not a good ripoff at all. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't that great. All right, Mike, so how does Die Hard, the original from 1988, relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, Matt, this one was a lot harder than I would have liked. Uh, it seemed like everybody that was made this movie was involved in a lot of the 80s kind of action movies that we all know and love, like Predator and um, Commando and all these, like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and even some, some like, Rambo action movies and stuff. But after much searching, I was able to find uh, a Brent Boats, who was in the art department, also did storyboards for Captain America, the first Avenger. 
Whew. Wow, dude, you were cutting deep on that one. Cutting real deep. Yeah, this one was this this one was definitely a challenge. I mean, I guess when we do some of these older movies, I, I feel like a lot of the people that were in this, like they did this and this was towards the end of their career and then they retired. And Well, I don't know, man. A lot of these people we're looking at, they did a lot of like eighties and nineties movies and then they just retired. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's what it looked like to me. So But there was a lot of big names in here. You know, but Bruce Willis, that's still one that kind of shocks me is how um, two of the bigger names, uh, of course, he's not going to be in the MCU now, is Alan Rickman. I, I love Alan Rickman. He is amazing. Yeah. Rest in peace, brother. But um, I'm surprised he never took a role in the MCU. And then Bruce Willis. I, I'm honestly surprised Bruce Willis hasn't been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, at all, like even like at a bit part or something. No, Nothing. no, he hasn't been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, he's in the Unbreakable and Glass universe, the the M Night Shyamalan Lama Ding Dong um, movies. Yeah. but M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, yeah, universe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that though. That's going to be a fun movie. I saw that uh, trailer finally on the big screen instead of just on YouTube. Uh, I don't remember what movie they had it before, but that was that looks really neat and really fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, 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 me too. All right, so Mike, what else do we want to talk about the original Die Hard? Oh, I guess anything, I sh- uh, nothing. I we didn't, spoiled the hell out of it. So yeah, we um, I guess when Bruce Willis made this, he got a um, five million dollars. And at the time, that was unheard of. They didn't pay people that much. Hmm. Well, it was '88. So what? What's five million dollars in 1988 to today? Like three billion? <laughs> no, no, no. That would be like if it was '58. Um, oh. Now it, it, it's probably three times as much, uh, at least. It's like every decade it doubles essentially. So since it's 2018. I guess that's what forty years. Is that right? No, eighty, ninety-eight, two thousand, thirty years. Oh, thirty years. Yeah. Okay. Duh. Retarded. Thirty years. So this is thirty-year anniversary of Die Hard. Woo. Um, I guess it's a good year for us to do this recording then. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it would be somewhere around fifteen million. I mean, roughly. So fifteen million to make a movie—that's a lot. Well, and how much did they pay The Rock to do uh, Skyscraper? Like a hundred million? I have no idea. I don't even know if we could find that out. Whatever it was, it was too much. Ah, the scene where uh, Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman met up was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneity between the two actors. You know, one that I have a beef on that. Is when they first meet up, and I don't know if you caught it. I'm sure you did by now. But when they first meet up, he, you know, gets rid of his accent and tricks Bruce Willis and all that stuff. Yeah. And then later on, it shows them together again when, you know, Alan Rickman starts, uh, Bruce Willis gives him a gun and he starts turning on him and things. If you notice, he doesn't have his, he has his accent back again. Oh. Yeah. Not, yeah. You're right. That just so bugs I you. think that was a, yeah, I, well, because then Bruce Willis would have known, and maybe they intended it like that, and that's why he handed him an unloaded gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not sure. 
maybe that was intentional, you know? I don't know. But I love Alan Rickman, man. I miss that dude. Yeah, the uh, much mm. of the script was uh, improvised due to constant screenplay tweaks that were being made during filming. And, and where did they film this movie, Mike? It's the uh, 20th Century Fox headquarters building in L.A., I think. Yep, and they are still using it today. Nice. And do you know one of the reasons why they filmed it in that building? Was they were actually remodeling the floors, I believe, and... It was still under construction, I think, to a certain degree. Yep. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, we might as well use it because then we can do kind of whatever we want with it. Yeah. Oh, so cool. I have to check. I want to check that out one of these days. Anyways. All right, Mike. So what else would you like to add about Die Hard? I know I've asked that like twice now, but I'm just trying to get you to talk because it's like your favorite movie ever. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I really liked all the stuff. Like I, I just, to me, this movie introduced me also to Bruce Willis. Um, I know he had done some other acting things and I think he is actually filming this movie while he was still working on the, sh- the sh- shooting of Moonlighting. So he was doing that concurrently. So he would do um, the stuff during the day uh, for moonlighting, and then at night he would work on this movie. So he was, yeah. (laughs) So so he was he was pulling double duty. But um, yeah, this is the first time I'd seen him, and ever since then, it's like I felt like he was just he's he's like a star, and it's like somebody you wanted to watch. And then his movies have grown to be a lot more i don't know um like you know this one's kind of got some cheesy lines and stuff and then he's he started to do movies that were a lot uh more intelligent uh less action kind of more drama and it's been cool to see him grow as an actor i guess with all these different things so maybe that's part well, of it. one of the things i like about bruce willis is that remember in the 80s, it was the time of the super action hero. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was um, Rocky Balboa. You know, these guys. Yeah, Stallone. um, Rambo. You know, all these movies like that where these guys are physically larger than life characters. And Bruce Willis is more of an everyday man. And so this was kind of, to me, my first introduction of like an action film where this is just a normal dude just trying to go about his life that gets thrown into this crazy situation. Whereas Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly Stallone are these big, larger-than-life guys that put themselves in these things as their job or whatever. Uh And so that's always kind of made it feel a heck of a lot more realistic to me than say Rambo or commando or whatever, because he just seems like a normal dude. He, he just comes off that way. And then he, I don't want to say he turns into a, like a superhero kind of guy. Cause he really doesn't. He just becomes a action star and he does his duty that he's supposed to do, you know? Whereas like, I guess that's one thing like today, like the rock is a good example of that. The rock is like, 
the modern day Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's huge. Like compared yeah. to me, compared to me, he's like, I think he's like my size. I think he's like six, four, but still he's six, four. And like his bicep is like the size of my head kind of thing. I mean, he's just, he looks like a superhero. He doesn't look like a normal person walking around on the street. And so it's not quite as believable as an actor like Bruce Willis. Yeah, you're right. He is definitely more the everyman type character and uh, just in some extraordinary situations over and over again. Right. And I think that's what makes it, I don't want to say a better movie, but it connects with me better as just a normal everyday dude, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, it's, uh, it's not superhero-esque, but it's, you know, a man that's stepping up to do his job in a very hard, dramatic, crazy situation, you know, a lot like, I don't know, I don't know, like a Medal of Honor winner or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just oh, yeah. a normal dude that steps up. So, yeah. All yeah. right, Mike. So I will let you go first. How many reels do you give Die Hard? All right, Matt, you might not believe this, but I'm going to give five out of five reels for Die Hard. No, I, I believe it. I think it's the only five you have and ever will give. No, I've given out five for um, Jaws. That's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, I would recommend everybody see this. It's definitely not for kids, uh, like young kids. But I saw this when I was probably like a teenager, probably a little young when I saw it. But I loved it, and uh, I still think it holds up fairly well. There's definitely some technology things that would be noticeable. Like, they have phones and stuff, like real ones, like on walls and things. Pay phones, limousines. Oh, yeah, the limousine with, like, the the cell phone in it. Like, you'd be like, why is that a big deal? Um in the 80s it was yeah that was i mean no one had cell phones when this movie came out so or very few people anyway um so i i recommend this movie and um this is a favorite of mine and i try and watch it several times during the christmas season which i've watched it twice so far and probably watch it you know starting at midnight until um i guess eleven fifty nine p.m you know what, you're not going to watch The Christmas Story or The Christmas Chronicles or um, Elf or <laughs> no, Christmas I'm... with the, the Cramps? Is it The Cramps? The Cramps? Oh, Chris, Christmas with the Cranks? Cranks, there you go. Uh, no, I mean, we'll probably watch uh, some of those things. Uh, I was just kidding. But I will watch uh, some Christmas Story, of course, because I also like that movie a lot. What about uh, Daddy's Home 2? Uh, is that a Christmas movie? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to yeah, watch it's Daddy's on Amazon. Home it's on Amazon Prime. I literally just watched it this morning. It was pretty funny. All right. We have... I... Dude, there's this scene with the thermostat that is just amazing. It yeah. is so true. Now, I don't have any kids and I don't live with anyone else, but it is so true. You do not touch another man's thermostat. You just don't. <laughs> All right. Well, um... Maybe I'll watch Daddy's Home 2. It's goofy. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to see it, too, is because it's like the first movie Mel Gibson has done since his 
racist outbreak stuff. Now, not as a director but uh, or a writer, but his first one since as an actor since his racist Jewish triad uh, a few years ago. Well, didn't he do that one movie? Um, no, I'm blanking now. Hold on. Hold on. I'm looking. Uh, talk about things, Matt. Talk about things. Things. Things and things. Things, things, things. Things. And that one thing, that one time, that thing that she did yes. the thing. Yes. With so the thing. he did, he did um, Blood Father. I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah. Is that I a watched. horror movie? No, no. I watched it. It was just uh, kind of a down and out movie. I felt like it was more about his life. Wow, that sounds dumb. Yep. So anyway, there was a movie <laughs> called Bl- Bloodfather. I watched it. It was okay. Um, it, yeah, I wouldn't say it was was dumb. It was okay. But uh, yeah. Okay, fine. It just sounded dumb to me. Yeah. Why would he do a movie about his own life as his first movie after all the controversy surrounding him? Well, because he was feeling down. I don't know, man. He directed a few other movies, and I remember they like like really hid that he was the director, especially Hacksaw Ridge. Like they really hid his name on that one. Oh yeah, no, they didn't want him to be associated with it, even though uh-uh. it was a good movie. Yeah, I liked Hacksaw Ridge. That's one of the ones I bought on Blu-ray. So yeah. All right, Matt. So now that we're done diverting a little bit, what would do you give Die Hard on your reels? I give it four and a half out of five reels. Oh, nice, nice. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It just, you know, it it just didn't age well. It it didn't age great. It's not terrible, but there's some things that are kind of cheesy to me today. So that's why I, I dropped it down a whole half a reel. Yes, you're definitely not as harsh as me. And I, I've been told no, I'm, I'm harsher. Ex- I'm harsher than you on this one. Yeah, no, I've been told that I'm too harsh and I I should probably lighten up a little bit on, on some aspects of movies. Nah, dude, you rate it how you want to rate it. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. No one listens anyways. Come on. Dude, we are up to like, I think we have 10 solid listeners now. Dude, we have, I looked earlier because I was trying to figure out if I could pull that, uh, Oh, uh, I guess I'll tell our audience. Um, because I'm on the road, I don't have the guitar MCU thing, so I'm going to have to put our old one in because I at least have that on my laptop. So I was trying to pull it from our server, and uh, it's not on there. And Anyways, I looked at how many downloads we have and stuff, and we've had like 11 today on Christmas Eve. That's pretty good. Heck yeah, man. No, that is good. See, I'm telling you, man, we have people. I think, I think the stickers are working, Mike. Oh, okay. I've uh, all right. Good. There's one. There's two in the world. I put one on my car and I slapped one on Michael's car. Nice, nice. Good job. So, and yours will be in the mail. Okay, sounds good. So, for those of you out in Intercourse, Pennsylvania, that want a real film nerd sticker, contact Mysterious Mike, and that's yes. Mike at realfilmnerds.com. Yes, that is that is true. Anybody in intercourse wants it. I mean, it's a nice balmy day. It's 42 degrees here, so it's not bad. Nice. Nice and warm. All right, Mike. So anything else you want to add about Die Hard, our stickers, what we're doing for our next recordings? Uh, No, I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and, you know, make sure everybody listens to Baby It's Cold Outside. 
<laughs> so, all right. I think what's going to go on, we're not going to do one for Thursday because I don't know if we'll squeeze that in. Mike has to go make, a, make some meat. And uh, I got to go try and eat some lunch. But if we get more time, maybe we'll record another one. But we're still fiddling with the ideas, but we're probably going to do Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse like we promised. We're going to do Welcome to Morrowind if we can. Then uh, maybe with those two, we're going to throw in a bunch more because there's just so many movies. So many movies. I've seen, I've only been down here at my parents since uh, Friday night. And I've seen probably, I don't know, 10 movies between the streaming services and actually going to the theater. So I will have plenty of mini reviews that we could fly through. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I am also going to try and watch uh, like 45 movies that come out. Um, I know at least uh, on Christmas Day, at least two or three movies are coming out. Um, Vice, Holmes and Watson are the big ones. Yeah, those look great. So, yeah, we've got plenty of movies to review. I mean, there's Aquaman, and there's there's yep. there's all yep. kinds of movies just Bum- hitting, man. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. We still got to do Bumblebee. Um, so one that I bought, actually, I felt bad. I, I wasn't going to buy it. I was just trying to see how much it was at Walmart. But the, the girl said, oh, well, we have that. I just took them all off the shelf and put them in the back because they're not selling, was Nicolas Cage's one of Nicolas Cage's latest movies this year. You know, he is the white Sam Jackson, so he's done about 37 movies this year. Well, it was only after he got robbed, man. I think he's still yeah, trying it, to it was make after up he got for robbed. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, it's a little horror film called Mandy, and the critics absolutely loved it, raved about this movie. Uh, everybody at Sundance loved it. It has like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I have to say... Not joking. I've seen a lot of movies, and you know, both of us have seen a lot of movies. Hands down, Mandy is one of the weirdest damn movies I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> oh, man, I'm intrigued now. Maybe I should get Mandy. It is really freaking weird. Like, really weird. So, I don't know. That might be one that I'm thinking maybe we should hold off and do it next October for Harvest Horror Fest. Ooh, okay, all right. So, I don't know, I was just thinking about that, because that was, seriously, I watched it last night with my uh, nephew Michael, which, for those of you who listen to our podcast, episode 54, uh, where we reviewed Venom, he is also known as Lumberjack Michael. Ah, yes, yes, that was a good one. So, he and I stayed up and watched it last night, and it was... uh, freaking weird ass movie really weird anyways all right mike you got anything else other than wishing all of our listeners a merry christmas and like you were saying listen to that song that is cold outside or whatever baby it's cold outside the one that's Mm. getting all this controversy and yeah whatever but it's not cold outside here it's pretty nice here oh okay anyways All right, well, I'm done. I don't know if I have anything other than Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you get lots and lots of movies or movie digital codes under the tree that you can watch. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a good one, Matt. That's a good one. Yes, everyone, watch some movies. Enjoy family time. Unless you're part of my family, because our family time is not enjoyable. (laughs) Okay, well, 
I think everybody else usually likes hanging out with their family. So enjoy oh. the time with your family and what? Oh no, we try we try to enjoy our family time, but it just spirals out of control very fast. My mom is constantly saying I need to write a book and make a million dollars off of what goes on in our family. Oh, okay. Especially especially around the holidays. Like family vacation, like National Lampoon's family vacation has nothing on my family when we all come together for holidays. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe you should write some stuff down. I mean, my sister hasn't even been here for 24 hours, and, uh, you know, I'm sure she and Frank and everyone else has been witness to at least two or three felonies. And it hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't even been 24 hours, Mike. Oh, geez. Okay, well, on that colorful note, I think we will uh, bid everyone a good goodbye and Merry Christmas and, uh, I guess, Happy New Year. And uh, we will talk to you sometime next week thank you for listening to the real film nerds now don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at real film nerds now go out and catch a movie